Time of Black here on the first full day of South by Southwest Music, and I'm here with Eric Scheinkoff from Music Dealers. How are you doing? Oh, you know, it's South by. I'm excited and exhausted, but great. Looking forward to the day. It's day one, man, and already I think everybody's kind of like, oh, man, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I've never seen uh, just pure dehydration on everybody's face the way you can tell here. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, when did you get in town? Like, how long have you been here at South by? Uh, I got in yesterday at 11.30, dropped the bags off, and feel like I've been uh, out since then. Just went straight to the convention center. We had the Chicago um, booth and got to represent there with the mayor and Howard Tolman and then uh, carried on with the Chicago house and the Chicago event. So it was a, it was a big day of pride yesterday. It really was, and, and you know we're here to talk about this book, Hit Brands, um, so we'll get to that in a second. But let's talk about the booth and, uh, you know, what you were doing there, like what were you doing there representing music dealers, I'd imagine, and how did you get involved with the Chicago, you know, anyone who doesn't know, the city of Chicago had an official presence at the South by Southwest trade show, there was a booth with a lot of like artists and industry and tech and talent, um, all holding court at different times, so how did that go for you? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's really nice to see that the mayor is putting an emphasis to show the world uh, that Chicago is a hub of artists, of tech, of innovators. Uh, he is challenging some of the other cities who have successfully built hubs around those practices like Kansas City and Las Vegas uh, and others that are kind of coming out of nowhere and, and they're stealing some of the best talents in the world and they're attracting some of the best talents and so I think the mayor is getting ahead of it. He's being very smart. He's uh, challenging uh, people's perceptions of the city and he's trying to really build and, and support a community of innovators in tech and music so it's great. Yeah, and I think it's so important because I, I know for a fact that you've witnessed this. What happens so much is that we have talent that kind of develops in Chicago, whether it's on the artist side or on the on the industry side, the tech side, whatever, and then they just book. And then they go to San Francisco or New York or L.A., and it's like it's, it's dispiriting for those of us who are still kind of based in Chicago, right? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I mean, I, I even went through it. I think everybody goes through it in their career where you get to a certain point in Chicago and you feel that... Uh, you know, you got to leave Chicago to um, do more for your career and do more for the city itself and for the artist itself. So it's really nice to see that it's getting to a point where people don't have to leave. And, you know, Chance and some of these other people that we're talking about, they could stay in Chicago and they could really have the support that you would otherwise get in New York or Nashville or in L.A. Um, so, I mean, I think we're getting to a point soon where uh, people won't feel that. And they used to say you have to leave Chicago to make it in Chicago and, and I uh, really believe that we're getting to a point where you could stay in Chicago and make it around the world. Yeah man, I you know it's something that I, I really want to see happen as well. Um, so you're here at South by Southwest Music and you have a panel that you're speaking on uh, later today, correct? That's correct. Uh, music Agency of Record so it's about the first time that brands are working with companies like music dealers to really help them with not just getting music but what's the right type of music? What's the right type of artist? How should they use music to engage their consumers? How should they use music to create a stronger bond rather than just advertising where there's some music in the background? Yeah, it's not just as simple as just picking a, a Black Eyed Peas song and then you're like, all right, the work's done. Right, that's absolutely right. And a lot of people, they pick a song that, or an artist that so many other brands are already using, are already owning. So, I mean, if you look at, like, Aloe Black right now, it's, it's wonderful that he's having the success and getting licensed, but Beats owns them. And now all these other, I mean, when I say that they own them, it's because they were the first ones to step forward and use his music and put him in such a big campaign. And now all these other brands are saying, oh, we 
should use Aloe Black. Can you get us that song? There's no value in using that for the brand. Uh, there's no identity that when you hear that song, it's going to relate only back to Beats. It's not going to do it for five brands. Right. Yeah, and it's such a weird thing now where, like, you know, it'll, it'll happen every, like, once or twice a year where maybe you'll catch, like, three different mu movie trailers, and they're all using the same song, and you're like... This isn't, it's not unique or special versus like I always look at uh, Pineapple Express, which used Paper Planes by MIA. I still think of that trailer when I hear that song because it's so uniquely identified with it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's the opportunity that brands have uh, every single time that they're doing a commercial. Every time that there's something on television or in sync, they have the opportunity to tie it back to the song so that when you're hearing the song on radio or on Spotify or on wherever it might be, you're thinking of that product and you're creating a relationship uh, with the consumer that goes beyond the product. So that's the key. That's the role that uh, we really help brands, um, you know, we fulfill that, that need through music by making sure that when people are seeing or listening to a, a song that it goes back to the brand, not the product, but the brand. Music as a brand identity, which is something you discuss in the new book, uh, Hit Brands, How Music Builds Value for the World's Smartest Brands. Yeah. Uh, how did this book start to happen? Because I know it's co-authored with you, um, Daniel M. Jackson, Richard Jankovic, uh, kind of bring us into the beginning of this project. Sure. So, you know, we've been very fortunate at Music Dealers to be able to work with some of the best CMOs in the world, some of the biggest brands in the world, and help them think about music and use music. And in doing so, there's a lot of interesting stories. There's a lot of learnings um, that we've seen it done right, and we've seen it done horribly wrong. Or just, <laughs> or, you know, we've seen a lot of money spent where it's not doing anything for the brands. And you know, kind of talking about those and document those, people always said, you know, you should put that down in a book. You should help some of the other brands. Uh, and originally I had written the book for artists um, with how artists could better position themselves for brands. Um, and I started talking to Dan Jackson, who had written a book, uh, Sonic Identity. And he helped me. Uh, he looked at the book. He thought it was good, but he said that the bigger opportunity would be to, you know, kind of position the book rather than for artists, for brands, because that would do more for artists in the long run. It would help them see that they should be using independent artists. It should help them understand the type of artists they should be using rather than everybody using, you know, Kanye West uh, in every single commercial. Yeah, it's like that's not breaking any new ground. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, we started uh, just telling stories of what we were seeing live. Um, and Macmillan uh, saw part of the book and they loved it and they said, uh, you know, if we went forward and we completed the book that they would be happy to put it out. And they did in November and so far it, uh, in two months of being on sale, it broke the anticipated goal for uh, the year. So it's been doing very well uh, globally, which is, is wonderful. People are starting to care about music. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I think that they're caring about it in a new way. I mean, what what we've seen, I know that you were at um, the South by Vegas conference last year, which is like more entrepreneurial and startup focused. And what we're starting to see is that, it sounds very cliche, but like tech is the new music. And, and for bands and for artists, they need to be aware of where the industry side of things is going because it's not the old industry anymore. It's not just the record label putting out your album, it goes on sale on borders, and then people buy it. Right. 
I mean, everybody used to say uh, TV is the new radio, and I think that's even past now. Uh, and people are consuming and discovering music in all the, uh, in these new ways, through these new apps, through these new services. And that's the opportunity for brands, because just because somebody gets a free Spotify account, they have 20 million songs. That's too much. Uh, people don't know how to discover new music in that way. So brands have the ability to be a trusted curator, a trusted filter to help people discover music. And once people trust the brand and really understand that they're aligned in tastes and values, uh, they look to the brand to keep on putting out new music. You know, you talk about it a little bit in the book with companies like Converse um, and Coca-Cola. Like, what are some of the brands that are doing doing it right, that are creating value with music, that are really branding themselves with music and, and um, putting that identity out to consumers? Yeah, I mean, Converse is one of my favorite, but you see here at South by every brand in existence is trying to get in and part of it. And some of them. Doritos, not to cut you off, Doritos, for anyone who has never seen this, Doritos has like a five-story huge vending machine that they purpose as a stage. I mean, it's like, it's it's very subtle. Yeah, right. Yeah, same with uh, Subway's uh, booth. That, that's a little crazy. But, um, I mean... Every single brand is trying to get in on it. Who's doing it right is a different story, and I think all brands have a little learning curve that they go through to you know, identify what's the right type of music and what's the right type of engagement for them. But somebody I love uh, is actually Taco Bell, and it's a very simple program, the Feed the Beat program, and uh, you know, it's for artists who are on tour and on the road. They could stop in and they could eat for free. And it's amazing how far that goes. And one of my favorite things is um, when you see some of these artists, like bigger artists now, they're on stage and they're like, I just want to thank Taco Bell. And Taco Bell didn't ask them for that. And yeah. like, it, it goes so far with the credibility and just, you know, they're doing it for the right reasons and helping. And I mean, it's very nice to see support. I see that a lot on their Twitter. Like, you, they just, they'll connect with anybody. And not like anybody, but they will... Um, they respond, they engage in a meaningful way. It's not just a, like, thank you for tweeting at us. It's like they build a relationship with people. And I think that that goes so far in, in like you're saying, like creating a level of loyalty and um, a positive experience with the brand. I mean, it, at this point, it, it needs to go beyond loyalty. Uh, loyalty was always key. That was the number one things that brand wanted, brands wanted. But now in this age where shelf space isn't as important and you know, new brands could enter the market easier than ever, it's important to have advocacy from your consumers. And that's what some of these brands are really getting right, that thanking Taco Bell, it's not just loyalty that they go there every time, but they're telling people, hey, Taco Bell is awesome. You should support them because they support us. Yeah. So that's... that's... And, and if you can foster that kind of enthusiasm without just flat out buying it, without just being like... Here's $10,000, thank us on stage. It becomes, I think, a lot more authentic and people really recognize that. Yeah, it's meaningful and people do appreciate that and they see that and they care. Uh, I mean, I think that's why I love what Converse did because they never ask anybody to tweet. They never ask anybody to just put up an Instagram. But because they provide these amazing experiences for artists, artists are, are like, it's part of their culture. They want to show that Converse is being so supportive with rubber tracks. So they're taking pictures, and that's going viral, and then that's getting everybody to say, wow, Converse is amazing. And for Converse, they only have the opportunity to sell to somebody two to four times a year max. That's right. all somebody's buying shoes. Most, far less than that. So to be able to enter the conversation every single day of the week through these artists, I mean, that's, that's where uh, Converse got it right, and it's really creating value through music. Yeah.
So, you know, the book is out now. It's called Hit Brands, How Music Builds Value for the World's Smartest Brands. How do you see this really incorporating into the music dealer's model? Because obviously so much of this covers what you guys are doing, but, like, is this something where if a new band really gets involved with music dealers, you're giving them the book and saying, like, read this, become a little bit more aware of what's going on, or... Yeah, I mean, yes, I think artists could get a lot from it. Um, at the same time, there's a lot of brands that they don't necessarily have the teams that Coca-Cola or Converse or somebody else do, and they're kind of going at it from more of a grassroots level, and this helps them uh, understand other practices that are working. Uh, and then we come in, and it, it's, you know, it's the music dealer's model, um, and with working for clients, it went from just, you know, last minute, hey, I need a song, to how should I be using music, what type of music, and this book kind of positions it so they know, uh, they have an idea going into the conversation of where they want to be in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's absolutely an art, you know, the proper usage and identifying and branding with music. So um, the book is called Hit Brands, How Music Builds Value for the World's Smartest Brands, uh, written by Eric Scheinkoff from Music Dealers, Richard Jankovic, and Daniel L. Or Daniel L. thinking of Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Daniel M. Jackson. Uh, where can people get this? Obviously, obviously on Amazon, but uh, is there anywhere else? Yeah, uh, any bookstore, Barnes & Nobles, any good bookstore, I should right. say. Uh, yeah, Barnes & Nobles, uh, Amazon, uh, you know, you can just find it online by typing in Hit Brands. Yeah. And what's next for music dealers coming up in uh, 2014? What do you guys have on deck? 2014 is, is uh, an exciting year. We have massive goals, uh, massive ambitions. We are on track to be able to announce some very cool new partnerships, which is exciting. I will uh, give you first dibs on uh, breaking that story. But we're the biggest one for us is we're really hoping to be able to um, announce a figure that our artists have earned uh, for being part of the music dealers community, uh, community over the years. And it is... Uh, surprising even to me to see you know these artists 85 different countries who just upload music how much they're actually getting paid uh, for being part of the community so that's exciting for us how many artists has music dealers worked with now and placed them with brands do you have like a number a rough estimate so we've got 20,000 artists that we represent from 85 countries we in 2013 we did 79,000 placements uh, so, and that's, I mean, that's, that's like, um, it's, it's hard to fathom. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, there's, you know, some of them are just uh, MTV shows that use a ton of music, but even that type of stuff, that's not the biggest checks up front. One, the royalties are good, and two, it helps these artists see that they are creating value from their art and people appreciate it. So, uh, whether it's something that changes somebody's life, like a Coke commercial will do, or just a, a regular CBS placement, um, it's, every single one of them is exciting. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, I think Music Dealers is doing really cool stuff. I've always been interested in the company, and uh, you know, we've done some events together. Always very cool. Um, South by Southwest 2014. Eric Scheinkopf, again, the book is called Hit Brands, How Music Builds Value for the World's Smartest Brands. Thank you so much for taking some time down here in Austin, Texas, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Very nice uh, to sit with you again, as always. So thank you. Always, man.